Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3. Today's guest is my husband, Chris, and I brought him back on to talk about the bad house he built over the summer. Uh, it took about five months, and I wanted to pick his brain on the design, why he chose what he did, um, and talk about a little bit about why he wanted a bad house in the first place. And I thought it would be an interesting subject for a lot of our DIY listeners, um, who may be interested in building their own house, but also for gardeners just interested in attracting wildlife to their yard as well. So you, you'll be able to see photos on the podcast page, uh, thegardenpathpodcast.com of the final product, as well as uh, show notes for finding out where you could, how you could build a bad, bad, bad house yourself, um, if you want to purchase one, um, that sort of thing. Be on the gardenpathpodcast.com page. Um, as always, you can drop me an email at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for future guests. And I'm always on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast, and I post several times a week. And don't forget, if you would like, if you do drop by the web uh, the webpage, I do have a newsletter that I'm working on, and if you'd like to sign up for that, it's on the right-hand side of the website. So hope you guys enjoy this episode and are having a wonderful holiday season. Hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> so why did you want to build a big bathhouse in our yard? Um, well, <clears throat> we have a... We have a lot of bats that fly over our pond at night, and they probably live in probably a lot of the, well, houses and barns and buildings around here, and um, bat populations in the U.S. are in decline right now uh, due to habitat loss and white-nose syndrome um mainly and so um uh putting up bat houses is a, is a good way to help the bat populations um is it they're being used mostly for like roosting and like and um breeding and that kind of thing what yeah would, right mean? so yeah they wouldn't um bats in the US either hibernate in the winter or go somewhere relatively warm um because they're mammals yeah so like you know bats might come out in like florida during the winter or south texas but um but like they're not, in a cave in like Tennessee or something, they're going to stay in yeah, a cave all winter. Yeah. Oh right, right. Winter. And so yeah. So that's one of the the w- w- one thing white nose syndrome does is it makes bats um, uh, their metabolism or it wakes them up. It makes them not want to hibernate the whole winter. Okay. And so many times they die because they they leave the cave in the winter. Okay. When they have white nose syndrome. And so we don't we don't have white nose syndrome in texas currently um so for it's a fungus right yeah right so yeah it's a fungus and it 
Um, it's called white nose syndrome because it makes their white white and fuzzy, but it, it their nose white and fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so it you know you can see it. I mean, you can see their see it on their face, um, but it affects other parts of their body. Um, so I just you know I just thought it would be good to uh, give as many animals as I can a habitat here in our yard. You know we've got other you know wood duck boxes and owl boxes and other bird houses and uh the bees and you know yeah we just things keep, and keep a general habitat a wildlife friendly kind of yard so yeah and then so you know i guess we really got i got started in bad houses really because you know i don't know maybe you can help me remember i don't remember for sure which came first but when we moved in this house um one night I was out in the yard and I noticed bats flying around. I was watching and I know they were coming out of our, the eave of our roof, not our attic, but we have a, a metal roof and they were coming out of the grooves, uh, between like the plywood roof and the metal. And so I don't remember if I put the first houses up, bef- I think I put them up. I feel like they were up before that. Yeah, I think I put them up before. But I guess that really got me into them and trying to trying to get them to work well. And so uh, we've been in this house for four, four yeah, four and a half years. So you know, I've I've had bats in the house since about it probably. I think it was the second summer after we moved in, like the summer after we moved in, that I got bats in the bat house, and I just had a few, and then. The last two years, it's been we have one in particular in the middle of the backyard that's had, you know, between thirty and a hundred bats, varying, and they had babies in uh, in the house this year. I think about thirty big uh, big brown bat babies, um, and that was in about uh, late May, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. Um. So, the I've kind of learned a lot about bathhouses since I put them up, and like just their construction and and how long they're going to last, and the materials you need to use, and um, the the bathhouses that I have that have had bats in them um, are from Bat Conservation International. They're the five chamber bathhouses. I think it's the largest one they sell. Um, they're roughly that that one. The big one is like roughly eighty to a hundred dollars, I think, something like that. Um, but they make like a a one and a three chamber also. Um, and I would recommend at least the three chamber, but the ones definitely can can work. Um, I guess we want to talk about like. Yeah, I mean, like, so like why did where you, you need to put them and well, all that? Well, yeah, I mean, um, where you need to put them, but I mean, also, like, why you wanted to move from that to something else? Well, several what reasons. What was the downside for that, for those those boxes? Well, those boxes, so, they're still being, the one, one of them in the backyard is still being used, and I have not seen any bats in my new big bat house yet, so, um, uh, the the biggest bad thing about those bat conservation international houses are the the back 
the back panel um, that is exposed like to the weather on the outside is still made out of plywood. And um, so mine have been up for four, you know, a little over four years now. And the back, that plywood is kind of starting to warp and kind of delaminate, I guess you'd call it. And it's um, eventually that's going to get worse and worse, and the the water's going to start to get in there. And they're just eventually they're not going to use it. It's probably probably still has several more years before that happens. But so. Um, if I would have painted those with exterior paint, if you would have, you know, put three layers of exterior paint on those, uh, they would have lasted a lot longer. Um, you just didn't know about it at the time. Right. Yeah, I just hadn't read enough and everything. I mean, they people online definitely recommend to paint them. I just hadn't done enough research about that. But um, the paint color is important. Um and you want to go online and, and research this, where you are in the country. But basically, um, you want the bathhouse to be hot, but not cold or too hot. So, like, meaning, since we're in Houston, it's a pretty pretty warm area. I want it to be kind of a medium color, you know. You know, medium brown or medium green or, you know, something like that. If you're up in the northern United States or... East Coast, I mean, probably even like, you know, Kansas and things like that. I mean, maybe not that far, but, you know, somewhere where it stays cooler, you want a really dark temperature. Or, I dark mean, color. sorry, yeah, dark, right, dark color. Um, to absorb the heat. Right, so it heats up more because those bats want a hot place. You know, they, they want it, it depends on the species, but I mean, they want it 90 to 100 plus degrees. Um, so, and then, you know, if you're in extremely hot areas, I mean, there's very few, less than 5% of the U.S., but if you're in an extremely hot area, you want to paint a really light color. Um, but that would only be like if you're in really South Texas in the desert, you know, something like that. Okay. So, um, it's super important to keep the inside of a bat box dry. Um, they're really picky about that. Um, so if you're going to build your own, you want to go to like Bat Conservation International has a webpage and they have um, building instructions and guides and tips and things. And that's for like a smaller box? like. Well, it's for smaller. They, they do have some larger plans. Like they have one that's um, for communities and... Parks. State parks and things. It's called a... I think they call it their bat condo plan. I mean, it's and it's way way bigger than even the one I just built. It's oh okay. It's um, it's like a, it's like the size of like a you know like a small storage shed. Oh okay. You know, on on like four telephone poles. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so for those of you that don't don't really know about bat houses too much, they can they can like really really pack in a small house. Um, like just give you an example, like. Like my five chamber, five chamber bat house is maybe, oh, I don't know exactly, but maybe just say 20, you know, 22 inches wide, 24 inches tall, and only, uh, I mean, maybe uh, not that, not that. six, six to eight inches thick. I'm not really sure. Um, 
each each chamber itself is three quarters of an inch thick. So, you know, um, and that house can hold. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> probably. Uh, I would say a conservative estimate is three hundred plus. You know, and if they really really packed in there, maybe five to six hundred. But, um, but they need some space to move around and. The the top of a bat house is always going to be hotter than the bottom because heat rises. And so during the day, you know, in the middle of the day, if the bat house gets real hot, they might want to move down near the near the opening of the bat house where it's cooler. And then at night they'll move up. You know, so so you can't ever think that the bat house is going to be totally full. They have to have mo- room to move. Um so another thing is when you're looking at bat houses online and things, almost all of them have a vents on the side of the house. And they need to be kind of about a third of the way up from the bottom um, just to allow some air circulation and um, really so it doesn't get too hot uh, in the, in the you know, extreme summertime. You still have that two-thirds of the upper house that isn't vented. Um, and then, um, so if you imagine there's, there's baffles inside the house and, um, the, the slots in between those baffles, you know, everybody pretty much says the standard is three quarters of an inch, but depending on the species, they can be anywhere from one half of an inch to one, one and a half inches. Um, but uh, three quarters of an inch or seven eighths of an inch. If you're just doing a generic bat house, is what you want. And you know, if you're actually trying to target a certain species of bat, you might make it bigger or smaller based on that. And there's some sources online that can tell you about that. All right. So, so I guess like, when did you decide you wanted to build your own bat house? Like, how long have you been? Um, how were you thinking about it? Because it seemed like out of the blue, you're like, I'm going to build a bat house. Well, probably since about last January-ish sometime, I started thinking about it, and um, I just thought it'd be cool to, ha- to have, you know, a colony of thousands of bats in the backyard. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I thought about it, and I think I mentioned it to Misty in like, I don't know, maybe April or so last year. No, this year, April yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty sixteen. I know, <laughs> and um, it's been a long year. And so you know, I had to tell her about it, and well, you know, I don't think I really had yeah, to convince her well, too much. I don't know. But... I was I was definitely a little, I don't know, leery about it taking <clears throat> up space in the yard, and I don't know. Yeah, because so... it was kind of going to be in an open space that we had, and I liked the open space. <laughs> so yeah, so um. So you began your research. What sites did you start with, like reading and? Man, I read uh, everything I could find. I mean, all the, I mean, Bat Conservation International, and they have a a, a bat bat builders book. And at the time, it was a free PDF online, but I don't think you can get it free now. Um, but they have a bat house, bat house builders book. You can get it on Amazon. It's just I think it's like less than ten dollars. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other just a bunch of other state agencies and maybe a couple other bat organizations. 
And uh, so I knew I wanted a house that could hold, you know, thousands. Um, and really my, once I started thinking about it, my limitation was going to be the the weight, how how heavy a house I could raise. Because um, I didn't have like, I didn't have any way to build it up there. You know, sometimes like when they build the huge bad houses, like if you do a search for the University of Florida bad house, You'll see what I'm talking about. It's a huge, you know, 10 by 10 bat house, 10 foot by 10 foot bat house. And they just built it in, you know, they built it, they had to build it up in the air, you know, you know, with like uh, cherry pickers and, you know, scaffolding Spring. and stuff. Well, it's only maybe 12 feet off the ground, the oh, okay. bottom of that one. It's not nearly as high as ours. They have it fenced off, so they don't have to worry about people, like, bothering the bats as much. Mm-hmm. Um but so I knew like I knew about, you know, three to four hundred pounds was my all I could make it. I mean and as big as you know, that's that was my limiting factor. So I started thinking about it and um I decided on kind of a initially I was gonna I was thinking just a, a three foot cube, you know, three feet by three feet by three feet. And uh and then I kind of started doing research about materials and decided I wanted to use old cedar fence boards and that's still kind of controversial in the bat house world um some people swear that um uh cedar um will um like repel bats you know they don't like the smell and then other people swear that it works great but um most people that think cedar, most people that don't even think cedar doesn't work will usually say, well, it's, cedar's okay if it's old. And by cedar, are you meaning actual cedar or No, juniper? no, it's a jun- juniper. Okay. Yeah, juniper. Okay. What people call cedar. Um, and so, um, so uh, one of the guys at work was tearing down his fence, and I got a little bit more across the street. Um from another house that burned in the neighborhood. So I collected some old cedar fence pickets and I um, power washed them to get all the loose wood off and cleaned them up. And um, uh, and then I used, let's see, <laughs> I just used, I used plywood for the outside, just like you would a house. Um, and it ended up being about, it's the final bat house is like 30... 34 inches by 32 inches by 42 inches from to the very top of the roof from the bottom so it's about what i was thinking initially and it ends up uh it's got 24 chambers so um you know 24 baffles and the pole runs up through the center of the house um what kind of pole is it so i have a six by six by 16 piece of lumber that sunk in the ground four feet that's as deep as i could get it before i hit the water table i just could not put the post any deeper i wanted to put it like five or six feet in the ground but i couldn't and it's um cemented in and then on top of that uh is a four by six by 16 that overlaps um the first pole by about uh five feet so 
I think the the bottom of the bat house is about twenty one feet off the ground, which is um, pretty high for a bat house. I kind of did everything overkill on this bat house. Like most people, I'd say mount a bat house twelve to fifteen feet off the ground. You know, something like that. That's probably average. It seems low. I mean. Well, it's not. I, I mean, guess a people, basketball goal is ten feet, you know. So I know, but I mean, for like bats and like interacting and having bats come out, that kind of thing. But I guess if they're on a public, yeah, place I mean, and even if blocked off, they something. really can. I mean, if people weren't a factor, I mean, a bat house could be mounted like six feet off the ground. Well, yeah, I mean, they're coming I mean, out like, of caves that aren't very wide. Yeah, if so, you just I mean, have like a you know a farm field or you know rural field that people aren't going to bother it, you. 10 feet off the ground is perfectly fine, but, you know, we have people and a little kid and cats and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I just wanted to put it super high so that, you know, to give, you know, the colony the best chances I can of establishing a huge colony. Um, so, um, so back, before I forget, though, I was talking about the plywood, and um, I made it just like a real house. I did it with plywood and then um, uh, like hardy board concrete siding, just like you would put on a house, and a real roof, you know, a drip edge with uh, with the um, uh, felt paper and real shingles and, and all that, um, you know. And uh, so they have a cozy house. Yeah. So I mean, I bas- I basically just made up my own um, plan by kind of just scaling up other houses um my i don't know how it's really gonna work one of the things that i talked to some guys on the if you do a search for the bat forum online you'll find it um you can get some good info there and the guys on there helped me a little bit and i decided that every third baffle on the inside goes all the way to the roof so um the other two in between every third baffle there's like a two inch gap between the roof and the baffle so that the you know every three chambers is kind of connected on the inside at the roof they can move Mm -hmm. and then about in the middle of the bat house between every chamber there's a small like tennis ball size hole somewhere randomly uh in the baffle so the bats can move entirely front to back and sideways everywhere in the house without going out the bottom you know they can right and so they can you know there's going to be areas that are hotter and areas that are cooler in the house and so that's what i want i wanted a big house that you know i i think conservatively this house can hold five thousand um maybe maybe eight to ten thousand but i don't know maybe we'll see someday (laughs) but they can they that may, just like I was talking about earlier with the small bat houses, they have to have room to move. I mean, that's probably going to be the limiting factor with this house is, you know, if there's 3,000 bats in there, they're going to have a hard time moving around. So. And you're mostly still targeting the big brown bats, but. Yeah, they're, really... so big brown bats and Mexican free tails are the two most likely that I'm gonna get in that bat house normally mm-hmm. normally in a bat house you only get one species um i'm assuming i'm gonna get big browns just because that's what we already have but you know who knows there's a lot of mexican free tails around houston too so you started it in may right and yeah gosh it, was it 
You finished in early November? Or was it end of October? October. Very end of October I got okay. it up. So the house ended up being... I, I did not weigh it, so this is just an estimate, but about 350 pounds. And um, you can imagine, I mean, 350 pounds on, you know, 21 feet up. So that top pole pivots on the bottom pole. And so when I put the bat house on the top pole, it was laying on the ground, and I had to pull it up. <laughs> so um, Misty knows, I mean, it took me... Probably like two weeks to like actually get it. I don't up. know. I mean, I was thinking a month, but I mean, it was a long time because I failed like three times. I mean, this thing was super heavy. I had the biggest bolts that Lowe's carries, and I bent them. Um, it was just a real pain, and I ended up rigging up all kinds of pulley and 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 guide ropes and all kinds of stuff in the backyard, and it, I finally got it up. Yeah, the backyard looked like a uh, like a ropes course there for a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, I had it was yeah, pretty crazy. With yeah, I had like all sorts of yeah, trees I had and block and tackle and and like you know uh, winches and all kinds of stuff out there trying to get it up. And I mean, and you even had it like tied to your truck. But yeah, I oh I I just used my truck as weight like to uh, put my winch on like the trailer hitch. I didn't actually pull it up with my truck, but I did. Because I didn't have trees in a few places that I wanted to tie something off to, so I, you know, used my truck in the backyard. Um, but, um, and so I guess we'll talk about failures. Did you have like, troubleshooting and failures, like building it, and then troubleshooting and failures, like putting it up? Like, well, like what did you realize like you needed to do to get it up? And, and I wouldn't say building it. I didn't really have too many failures it just was a long tedious process because i made it very sturdy and didn't really cut any corners you know i made i caulked everything and made sure all the wood was tight and painted multiple layers inside and outside and um you know things like that i have never done shingles like on a roof, so I had to like research that and learn how to do all that process. So that all that kind of little thing slowed me down. But okay, so putting it up. Um, so the first time I just tried basically, um, if you imagine there was one bolt that ran through the top and bottom pole that it pivoted pivots on, and so you, you know the the bat house was on the on the top of the top pole but laying on the ground. So then I had to pull it up. Um, so then, or the first time, I just threw a pulley way up in a pine tree, like you know, sixty feet up in the pine tree in the opposite direction. And um, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna," you know, I didn't. I mean, I thought it was gonna be hard, but I was like, I thought that would work. And I threw the pulley up there, put like a huge rope on there, and got the winch and started winching on it. And I pulled so hard that I thought the rope was gonna break, so I gave up. You know, I just it wasn't budging. It wasn't even close. And so I knew that wasn't going to work. And so um, I probably researched for at least a week before I tried again. And I came, um, I came across um, what do you call it? Uh, these videos of gin poles. Uh, it's G I N, and um, people use them for like to raise sailboat masts and to raise like hunting blinds and stuff like that. 
Um, so if you do a quick Google search or see what I'm talking about, if you just you add a pull at the pivot point, um, and you pull down on that pole instead of pulling up on the on the where like where the bat house would be. And so, um, so you know, I, I went and bought a twelve foot four by four to use as the gin pole and rigged up all, and that's when the rope started. I started rigging up ropes everywhere, and um, so I got that all rigged up um, and tried to winch it up with the winch and block and tackle. And that's when that bolt bent. I think it was a, I think it was a five eighths inch bolt, and it it bent um, at the pivot point, and the house fell back to the ground because the bolt bent. Well, it didn't fall. The house kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of slid to the ground. Not soft, but not hard. It didn't break anything. No, it just kind of messed up the edge of the roof just a little bit. Um, so anyway, so I went and got um, the same diameter bolt, but I bought a grade eight bolt, which is just a stronger, stronger uh, carbon metal bolt. It's harder to bend. Um, so I rigged it all up again with extra, extra guy ropes, you know, like a tower has or something, so the the bat house couldn't go from side to side now as much. Um, and I reinforced the pivot point. I put a, a pole on the other side of that bolt. So so it kind of took some of the weight off the other side of the bolt, the, you know, hanging out the other pole. And tried pulling it up. And the um, I put so much pressure on it this time that the the 6x6 six six pole that was four feet in the ground. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it, it leaned over in the ground. It... Totally moved all the ground with well, it. Didn't we have a rain event too? Sort of, but I mean, it wasn't. I let it dry out a little. I mean, I think I think it would have been or not. It didn't. The pole didn't bend. It just it moved the ground and and leaned over. Um, so it leaned enough that I had to reset it. I had to take everything apart. I dug a new hole right next to the 6x6 and just scooted it over, made it bigger around, put eight more bags of concrete in there, and let it dry for like two more weeks because um, I just wanted to make sure it was dry. And so in the process, I fixed the roof of the bat house because it had gotten messed up enough that I didn't want to use it how it was now. So I fixed the root, the shingles, um... And then rigged everything back up, and um, and I just like doubled up all my ropes this time. I like I put bracing on the uh, the six by six pole on the ground. I I put like a another twelve foot pole, like um, kind of a brace that ran down to the ground, so it hopefully couldn't lean over. And then I ran a rope from the top of the six by six pole in the opposite direction, attached to my car to pull it the other way and it worked finally (laughs) you know so (laughs) i don't know i was pretty happy when i got it up (laughs) so and um you don't think like hurricane yeah so that's my only concern i mean it's only now that i saw that that bottom pole lean in the ground like that um 
I'm still, yeah, I'm a little concerned that um, that it could, you know, if, if we got... Well, I mean, I say it floods again. And... Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, right, so if we got a tropical storm and it flooded and we got 60 mile an hour winds, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could fall over, you know. And, and... then what happens with the bats, if there's bats in there? They'll... Fly out, hopefully? <laughs> well, they won't fly out while it's falling. Um, they'll either... You know, they'll either, some of them will, if it fell, some of them would probably die when it hit the ground. And the ones that live would just abandon it and go find somewhere else. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not going to come back to it laying on the ground. No. Just. I so, I mean, I guess my hope is that um, if it ever is going to move, it just leans over in the ground like it did the, when I tried to pull it up. It just leans well. a little, doesn't actually fall. fall. And so if I ever see it lean a little, I'm going to run uh, guy ropes from the top, you know, near the house at an angle down to the ground and make it like, you know, a tower so that there'll be metal metal wires holding the pole in place. But I, re- I don't want to do that because I don't want... That's a tripping hazard. Yeah, and, just I don't, yeah. I don't want to have to worry about those wires out there, but... That's, you know, that's the only thing I can do if it ever leans. Um, so two things I've thought about, um, is mowing around there going to be a problem? No. Disturbing? I mean, I guess it would um, mean. It, it, it could if it was excessive, but I think, you know, most bats in a bat house somewhere get habituated to noise the normal human activity around right um i mean they could leave if you like go shake it or you know right i even used to, and i kind of still occasionally do shine a flashlight up in the house but i've really tried not to do that lately because i've read some things where sometimes um all the bats will leave out of a house and not come back after you do that so uh I've been more just trying to watch for guano under the houses and um, just go out there at dusk and, and watch them leave to see how many there are. And, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to touch on was guano. Like, is there going to be a buildup or it rains? Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we get thousands of bats, there's going to be a pile of guano under the house. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, oh, maybe piles an exaggeration. Um, you know, and... If there's a lot, there might be an inch of guano under the house. Can we scoop it and throw it in our yeah? Compost? And so, you know, when you have a big colony of bats, the it kind of kills the grass where it falls right. that heavy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll just scoop it up and either throw it in the compost pile, of compost, or probably just throw it straight in the garden. Kind of not much because it's really strong, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm figuring that you know rain will also dilute it and that sort of yeah. Thing but too. I mean, no, I mean that's what. My plan is is just you know if we do get a lot just use it as fertilizer. Okay. I mean it's um it's really good fertilizer. Right, right. All right. Well. Um, I don't know. I don't know any, what else. Uh, any hints or tricks for anybody else? And I guess maybe another thing would be <clears throat> is cost. Like, what do you think it costs to do it? Um. I mean, I know you got the. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I definitely saved a lot of money on wood by using the old fence boards. That was one of the reasons I used them. But uh, for, you know, everything, you know, the siding and the shingles and, you know, the poles were 
probably uh, $20, $30 a piece. I don't know. I mean, it was probably like in the three to $400 range, something okay. like that. I mean... Your time is the bigger... The bigger cost. Yeah, I mean, I would to... say, yeah, like in the three to four hundred dollar range is probably a good estimate. Um, All right. So, in tips or? Uh, gosh. Well, yeah. if I was gonna redo it for sure, I would. I would do a different mounting system with the pole. I think that's the one big thing I would change. I wouldn't try to raise it up like I did on a pivot point. Um. I would either try to build it in the air you know and it would have to be lower than it is but mm-hmm. or i've seen a few that are really neat that the pole goes through the middle of the house like mine but it slides through the middle like entirely through the middle and so if you have a 20 foot pole in the ground you can run a winch cable up on a pulley from the top of the house and back down and then crank it up through That's you know good idea the house actually slides up the pole so I think if I was going to redo it, I would I would do it that way. But just <clears throat> make it really waterproof. Uh, I think something we haven't really mentioned yet is location is crucial in a bad house. It 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 needs, uh, well, very very minimum of four hours of sun a day, but six to eight is better. Uh, it can't be in a totally shaded area. Um. Well, maybe I won't say can't, but your likelihood of it getting used is very low. Um, and also, it needs to be in a clear area. Um, so no tree branches within you know twenty feet in all directions. Um, and that's for shade and also predators. If you have branches the hawks and owls and things will learn to come sit on those branches and wait for the bats to come out and pick them off when they come out and the bats so then the bats will they won't want to go in that house they won't want to stay there because they know the hawks sitting there okay. um, uh, color color super important um, vents you know but really I just I would think anybody, most people are going to get their first bat house. Just go online and get a good one. Um, There's several guys that make good ones. I can't think of the, there's a new company I found that makes really good ones. Maybe I'll find it for Misty and maybe she can post it. Yeah, I'll, I'll post a I link mean, of all the things you've talked about yeah, and resources. Bat Conservation International makes a really good one, but there's another guy I found that um, started a business that I really liked in a... I'll give the link, a couple links to Misty and have her post them. I mean, and barring that this doesn't like fall over, how long do you think it'll last? Yeah, so, um, so I think the weakest point of this bad house will be the inside, the, actual, the, the fence pickets that are on the inside. And that is because the bats pee in there. And so those boards at some points, kind of if you get a big population they kind of stay moist from the bat urine and i'm guessing this house will last oh in the 10 to 20 year range 
somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm going to say five, and I was like, oh gosh, no, do this again. <laughs> yeah, probably ten to twenty years, depending on how much use it gets. Um, because I painted it and caulked it. I mean, you know, everything, the shingles and everything should last uh, at least ten years. All right. Well, that's a, was interesting because I didn't really pick your brain very much when you were making it because it was kind of stressful for you. <laughs> yeah, it took um, it took quite a quite a bit of labor. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was. <laughs> it was I mean, we had several floods and things while I was building it, so it wasn't like I was out there every single weekend. But I mean, it was. But you spent a lot of evenings during the week. On yeah, that. but I mean, I would say, you know, if you're going to build something of that scale, um, man, I mean, you'd probably, you'd probably send, spend like four solid weekends, you know, putting it together, something like that. Yeah, like if you're not distracted all day and you have eight hours yeah. every, every, every day, weekend day. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for coming on and talking right. about bats. All right. You're welcome. <laughs>